Looking to get out of your own way and make things happen? Do you love inspiration and tips that are based on the science of happiness and well-being? If so, default to yes is for you. New episodes are released every Monday with the occasional bonus episodes with expert guests, each one designed for inspiration to keep us moving in the right direction. Whether you're dealing with obstacles that have been around for a long time or are on a journey of new challenges, know that you are not alone. The Default to Yes podcast is nurse coach and aromatherapist Julie Reynolds on the journey with you, your extraordinary self. We deal in truth and experiment with solutions, training our fascinating brains to cooperate as we show up in the world the way we really want, make the difference we desire without sacrificing our overall well-being. Welcome to the Default to Yes podcast. Thanks for joining in. Welcome to another week of making extraordinary your default mode. You are out there making an impact, leading, creating, changing the world. And in all of that, it's easy to lose sight of our own well-being. I had the opportunity a lot of times to talk to leaders in healthcare, and I have mastermind groups for these individuals and these powerful nurses. And the one thing that comes up and came up recently was how deciding on what to do for self-care was just harder than just doing nothing. It obviously, in in this conversation, my client was sharing that she works really hard, makes tons of decisions during the day, during the week, navigates difficult uh, situations and even um, kind of crisis intervention. And so on the weekend, she joked that all she wanted to do was have someone else plan out that something fun, those those self-care activities that wouldn't require anything of her. And because of that, she was feeling like she kind of gets off track with some of her personal goals and um, and her overall well-being takes the hit after all of the things that she's accomplished during the week. The demands of work and family, personal responsibilities can definitely leave us feeling overwhelmed and stressed. So she's not alone in that, even in that conversation within that group. She had a lot of, of yeah, me too's. So this is something that um, we all struggle with from time to time if we're trying to make an impact or a difference. And that's where a self-care plan comes into play. But what about when you don't just don't want to make another decision? You could go to dinner with a friend and attend a yoga class, get a massage, go for a hike, go to a concert, all the things that your friends would probably say, hey, why don't you do this? And if you're going to And we hear those things, but all of that requires planning and deciding. And too many of us just don't do it for ourselves. We think about it during the week, and when the time comes, we just don't. I am not saying that there's anything wrong with relaxing at home. Don't get me wrong. Um, And I place a high value on solitude. But I was reminded by a friend in my accountability group recently that sometimes we just need to plan some more fun that it's maybe not even the big things that we think of when we, when, if you're somebody who values personal growth, we're thinking of big categories and how to move the needle. Sometimes it's just moving that needle 1% on one of those areas that you want to improve on. And sometimes it's just having more fun. So everything is a little easier with a plan, right? Uh, And having a self-care plan is no different When we have a budget, a schedule, those things create freedom. 
They require a little more effort and um, a little more work up front. But once we get that the work of it done and we get in a rhythm, that creates a lot of freedom for us. And a self-care plan is no different. We can provide that for ourselves and that could give us the balance that we desire, decrease the decisions that we need to make um, in the moment. And when we realize that we are off track, we can coach ourselves more easily back on track. So first of all, let's define self-care. What do I mean by self-care? Self-care is the practice of taking care of your physical, mental, and emotional health. We have tools for this. I put one in the show notes that um, that I use. There's a whole life audit that you can go through. Um, and there's just a downloadable wheel of life assessment tool. Having some kind of tool to evaluate yourself. Another tool that would be really good for this is the Growth Day app. The link is in the show notes for that too. Everything that you need is in there, including tips and tools and um, some coaching and as well as journaling and scheduling reminders. It's an amazing tool for us to use to keep us on track. But self-care, the practice of taking care of your physical, mental, and emotional health. It This is involves creating that routine that prioritizes your well-being and actively takes steps to reduce stress and promote relaxation. Self-care can take on a lot of different forms and it can mean a lot of different things. It can include exercise, meditation, healthy eating, getting enough sleep, spending time with loved ones, engaging in activities that bring you joy. This is all your that overall well-being, all the dimensions of that, taking care of that. And it's important to make self-care a part of your daily routine because it can help us feel more energized and productive and fulfilled. And even if it's just a little step, take us taking a little step forward every day, that's important. So taking care of yourself, again, is not selfish. It's necessary for your overall health and happiness. So why self-care is important for those who want to default to extraordinary, who want to serve, who aspire to make an impact, to be great leaders, Well, self-care is crucial, especially for those who strive to achieve greatness and serve others and make a difference in the world. It's easy to get caught up in the daily grind and forget to take care of ourselves, but neglecting self-care can lead to burnout and can hinder that personal growth. So we need to prioritize our self-care and that'll allow us to charge and refocus and show up our best selves in all the aspects of life whether it be professionally or personally, in our relationships, in our, um, in our homes, in our workplaces, whether it's taking a break to meditate or practice mindfulness or simply taking a walk outside. Self-care practices contribute to mental health and overall well-being, and it's important to schedule them. For those of us who aspire to be great leaders, self-care is even more critical. Because leaders who prioritize self-care are just better equipped to handle stress and difficult situations that arise during the day. It's easier to make informed decisions and inspire and motivate their team if they're taking care of themselves. By taking care of yourself, you can you're better able to serve others and to lead with intention. Again, because as often as you may have heard it said, maybe you need to hear it again. 
Self-care is not selfish. It's a necessary component of personal and professional success. And by prioritizing self-care, you can achieve extraordinary results, making meaningful impacts and become the best version of yourself. So when we have a good self-care plan, we, uh, we reduce our stress, we improve our mental health and physical health as well. Scientific studies consistently highlight the negative impact of chronic stress on both physical and mental health. And we know that engaging in activities that bring joy and relaxation and that sense of accomplishment trigger the release of endorphins, your body's natural stress relievers. So regular self-activities are also linked to the reduced symptoms of anxiety and depression. So creating a plan that prioritizes activities supporting mental well-being is really crucial for that emotional balance. Self-care is not, of course, just about mental well-being. It also extends to physical health. Regular exercise, a balanced diet, sufficient sleep are crucial to a good self-care plan. Scientific evidence underscores the positive impact that all of these lifestyle changes can make on overall health and including cardiovascular health and immune system function. So when we're building our self-care plan, first of all, we're going to identify your needs. So start by reflecting on your physical, emotional, mental needs. What activities bring you joy? What helps you relax? Understanding your needs is the first step towards crafting a personal care plan. And if you haven't done an assessment, like I said, download those tools or tap into some of those tools so that you're regularly assessing this so that you're not having to make a decision. So if I go into the weekend and I'm evaluating my sleep as I go, I can kind of know that I'm tired and I need to probably rest some more. And that the reason why I'm feeling drained or I'm feeling less motivated is because I didn't sleep real well this week. So you can go back 72 hours and see what was I eating? How was I sleeping? How was I resting? What was it like for me 72 hours ago? Because that's probably what's showing up for you in the way you feel today. So first of all, identify your needs. The Growth Day app is really great for that. Um, I use a Fitbit for that as well. So there are, again, a lot of tools that we can use to help us track on a consistent basis so that when we hit our day off or the weekend or when we start to feel really fatigued, we don't have to make decisions about what it is that we need to do next to get ourselves back on track and generate some energy. So the second step is, after identifying your needs, is to set realistic goals, to establish those realistic and achievable goals for your self-care routine. This isn't the time when you're feeling fatigued, it's not the time to do like an overhaul of your meal planning. So break down those larger goals into smaller manageable steps, and this is going to make it easier to integrate the self-care into your daily life without feeling overwhelmed. One step forward is one step forward. It's progress. So that's what's important. It's not that you make the giant leap into perfection. That is not even the goal. So set realistic goals. So identify your needs, set realistic goals, and then prioritize consistency. Consistency is key to success of your self-care plan. Just like anything like a budget or a schedule, maintaining it and being consistent with it is where you're going to experience the most benefits. 
regular small acts of self-care can have that cumulative positive effect. Whether it's a daily meditation session, a weekly nature walk, a monthly self-reflection practice, doing all of these, evaluate using your tool, find a routine that works for you. Now, and these can be as simple as, as having some essential oils that really help you balance or help you ground, help you um, energize, what, however, whatever the outcome is that you want with that. You get home and just enjoy some aromatherapy. So whatever it is for you, that is your power tool. Just practice that consistently. I've talked about mindfulness. Mindfulness practicing three to five minutes every day is a game changer. If you, you're doing it daily, it'll be really easy and you won't have to work at it when you really need a longer time to meditate or to sit with yourself and figure out what's going on. All right, so identify your needs, set realistic goals, prioritize consistency, and then create that route back home. Life is unpredictable. The deviations in our schedule, interruptions in our plan, and then those things interrupt our self-care plan. That is inevitable. And it could be for us here in Nashville, it was the weather. We didn't know what was going to be on the schedule from day to day. Were we going to work? What hours were we working? There were a lot of decisions to be made, um, plans to be changed and reworked around. So that, and that's not something that you can predict, or well, I guess you can predict it a little bit, but you can't control it. The needs of a family member, illness, car problems, financial hits. There are a whole host of things. And sometimes all those things seem to come at the same time. Regardless, know that li- we know that life is unpredictable and deviations from your self-care plan are inevitable. But having a strategy for getting back on track is where you're going to win, and it's crucial. Identify the specific actions that you'll take to recenter yourself when life throws you curveballs. So if something happens and you, that you need to process, set a timeline. I'm going to process this for six hours or one day or two days to really get myself back on track. So let's say, let's use the example of weather. So when cold weather and a lot of snow hit Nashville, the city shuts down. This interrupts a lot of the, a lot of appointments that you would, you would be keeping, uh, workouts maybe that you had scheduled, classes that you wanted to go to, your work schedule might be all thrown off. This week, had some walks scheduled, my work schedule. I had a my calendar all mapped out. Meal planning was dependent on my groceries being delivered. <laughs> so none of that happened because of the weather. So it was time for me to go, okay, well, I have a general working plan. I was prepared last week. I'll carry that into this week. And I will use some time to do some of the things that are on my list that on my B list. I'll do some of those things that I can do instead, and then I will allow myself until I see that the weather's going to be better when that window opens up. I will allow myself at that time, and then I will create a daily diversion. I will create that that space and time where I hit the reset button and get back on track with my plan. So having a strategy for getting back on track is crucial. So then Um, Along with the fifth step in this process would be to evaluate and adjust. So regularly assess the effectiveness of your self-care plan. 
Be open to adjusting it based on changing circumstances and needs. Flexibility is where you're going to win. This ensures your plan remains dynamic and relevant for maintaining balance. One of the frameworks that I use to get myself back on track and to schedule and to assess is just building in the routine of daily divert, weekly withdraw, monthly maintain, and annually abandon. I know those times are going to be scheduled because I'm thinking about when during the day am I going to divert? When am I going to spend some time just reading or I'm listening to something? I'm uh, spending some time just in mindfulness or I'm going to take a walk. So whatever that is, that is going to be that daily diversion where I'm not trying to accomplish something. I'm not trying to move necessarily my goals forward. I'm just diverting. I'm giving my brain a break. I'm giving my my body that time to just come back to center and diverting. That doesn't have to be a long time. I like for it to be at least 30 minutes. So for at least 30 minutes, I'm planning at some point that I'm going to go for a walk, that I'm going to do some meditation. Um, that usually involves, both times that usually involves a little aromatherapy before and after during that 30 minutes. Then weekly withdraw, that's going to be at least two hours of time, might be maybe four hours, but it's going to be that time where I can go on a longer walk. I could go to, I could go um, to a trail and walk and a time and to a coffee shop to um, maybe just read a little bit and enjoy a coffee or a tea. Then monthly maintain, that's going to be at least a day every month that I take the whole, that I'm going to have the whole day to just do the things that I want to do. It might be going for a walk with a friend, out out to lunch, um, and some extended meditation. I'm definitely going to have some aromatherapy time um, in that, that scheduled in there as well. And then annually abandon, that can be a, a, hopefully that's at least a week. But it can be a week, two weeks, it could be a really long weekend, whatever that is, where you just completely go away from everything, abandon everything, all of your goals, and just let yourself rest and recharge. So daily divert, weekly withdraw, monthly maintain, annually abandon puts it in a framework for me to take all of these steps and be working and knowing that I have a time to really pay attention to these things and know how I'm doing. I put a resource list in the show notes for you to choose what tool might work for you. And if you want to take a deeper dive and really get this worked out, kind of workshop this, then click the link for your no regrets discovery call. And we will workshop your self-care plan together and get you something that works for you. You can use any of these tools and decide where your focus needs to be and how to use that sacred time that you have on your schedule. And this is so important because if you already have time scheduled to recalibrate, you'll avoid drifting for that long enough that you get very far off course. That helps us to keep things that that are inevitable that are going to come our way from just taking us too far away from our goal and what we really want to be about. Having those intentions every day is so important and having a plan so that we can reduce the the stress of making a decision and it's not 
all-encompassing. We can focus on the things that we know we need to focus on because we'll be aware of them already. All right, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and share. Let's create a big community of women who make extraordinary their default. Taking time to prioritize self-care is a revolutionary act of self-love. It's backed by scientific evidence and a well-crafted self-care plan can serve as your compass, guiding you back to a place of balance when life gets chaotic. Until next time, embrace the journey of self-discovery and invest in your well-being. It's a decision that will pay off both in your personal and professional life as you get up every day and default to yes, your extraordinary self. 